Hey, The Active Family, it's David Reynosa here, and I just want to say I massively appreciate you guys. This whole podcast is to serve you and to help you on your journey to become a better, more intentional filmmaker. And before we jump into today's episode, I do want to say our Craft 5K course is now open. It's only going to be open for the next few days or so. So if you're interested in it, you definitely want to grab it. So this course is very different from the last course that was just launched. This course is all about how to shoot and edit weddings. I get so many people messaging me, asking me, hey, David, I would love to just shadow you on the day. I want to see how you interact with couples. I want to see if the couple's really stressed. How do you get them not to be stressed? If you only have 15 minutes for portraits, how do you squeeze in amazing portraits if the photographer is, you know, using most of the time? How do you actually structure a timeline so that everything flows really well? How do you shoot bride prep, groom prep? How do you do ceremony? We've talked a lot about how important ceremony coverage is on this podcast. How do you shoot a ceremony by yourself? How do you shoot it with a second shooter? How many cameras do you bring? When do you move certain cameras and where? And I've also had people, how do you actually edit a film? Like, can I just sit with you as you edit a whole wedding film? All of that is inside this course. This course is how to shoot and edit $5,000 quality wedding films that leave couples speechless, that make them want to refer you? How do you make wedding films that a stranger could watch and be in tears? Really, how do you make wedding films that go viral beyond just the couple? And how do you serve couples in such a way on the wedding day that they give you a text the next day saying, it was so amazing working with you and working with you is actually the highlight of my day. So this whole course, it's only out once a year. So you definitely want to grab it. It's literally every part and process and system that I do when I shoot or edit a wedding. It is incredible and so many students have, it's just changed their whole lives and business. And what's so cool about this course is it gives you a system for every part of the day. So no matter what wedding you walk into, whether you know you had something personal happen in your life that kind of threw everything off, you know you're going to get to that wedding and just crush it. Because I noticed that starting out in my first few years, there'd be some weddings that I'd be like, man, that wedding went incredible. And there'd be other weddings where it was like, ah, it didn't go so well. And I'm like, man, why can't weddings just be consistently awesome? And what I found is this system that I've built in Craft 5K is how to shoot and edit weddings so that no matter the couple, no matter what's going on in your personal life, no matter the venue, you can always pull out heart gripping, just amazingly heartfelt stories that that you can charge a good amount for. So that course is out right now. I'm actually going to be on live chat answering any of your questions. The webpage and the link to check out way more about the course to see all the modules, the FAQs, everything like that is going to be at the link in the show notes of this podcast. Definitely check it out. Now, without further ado, today's episode, we're going to be talking to Lothar Co. And oh my goodness, we just brought the fire on this episode and talked about so many amazing topics. And I just love their heart behind weddings and how they connect with couples. They just do it in such an authentic and honest way where every couple, like just during the episode, there was a moment where I asked Aaron, like, do you ever have couples that aren't just really emotional and aren't just perfect? And she was like, no. Not really, because we're able to connect with couples so well. So we talk about how do you actually do that? How do you have a whole year where every single one of your couples is amazing? 
and it is possible. So we ta ah, cannot wait. And without further ado, let's get into it. I just kind of want to get started with you guys and your story. I know we met briefly at Venture, I think Ghost Ranch you guys came to, right? Yeah. Oh, it's just, oh yeah. Okay. I do remember. You were there in spirit, you know, two shall become one. So you're basically, you're there. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, husband and wife, you guys have been doing this for a long time and photo and video. And I just want to, you know, kind of hear your journey. Where'd you guys start? Was it always photo and video? Did one get added before the other? And feel free to just kind of really get into it. You don't have to make it super short for the podcast. Just want to keep it very uh, conversational. So yeah, how did you guys become Lothar Co? What is the origin story? And let's start there. First, it's Lothar Co. I'm sorry. Lothar. I want to make sure we didn't get through this and you said it a, nine, a, a thousand <laughs> oh, times. Oh my gosh. Okay. We're just going to end the podcast because David can't pronounce words. <laughs> no, a lot Lothar. of people say it like that. It's totally like, like Like loafer? Lothar. Yep. I think, yes, yeah, you got it. Okay. All right. All right. Just slap me if I do it. Again. Yeah, that's fine. Right. I'll, 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 you know, I'll just yeah. leave every time you say it. <laughs> okay. Um, All right. Yeah. So we, we got started in, I think, 20, the end of 2015. Was that our first, first wedding? Mm -hmm. Right. So Aaron was actually going to school to be a pharmacist. And then at some point she realized like, I don't want to be a pharmacist. I worked in pharmacy for six years. Like I was a pharmacy technician. And after six years, I was like, I hate this place. I was like, I don't want to do the same thing every day. Every time people come into this place, like they're either dying or they're sad that they have to take medicine or their kid is sick. No one's ever happy going to a pharmacy. They're just really upset all the time. And, you know, I, I enjoyed it for a while, like making people feel better, like even though they were in a horrible situation or even though they were dying. Yeah, even though they were dying. <laughs> I worked in the hospital pharmacy, too. So that's why that one's in there. But anyways, after a while, I was like, I don't want to do this at all. And um, I ended up changing my major in college. And I looked up the majors that my college offered. And one of them was what was telecommunications and film. And I was like, that's the only one. Oh, you're like, well, that, that lines up with pharmacy. <laughs> it's just like the literal next step. <laughs> well, I wanted to go as far away from pharmacy as I could. And that one was pretty much it. So... Yeah, um, I ended up doing that. And then because I was majoring in, in film, I had a coworker who was getting married and she was like, can you do my wedding film? And I was like, I would love to. And I charged her just for the rental of a tripod. Yeah, I think we, I think we borrowed a 5D Mark II. <laughs> <laughs> and, and did you feel like, man, I've made it. They paid me. I don't know, hundred bucks. We, we thought we suckered them. We're bucks. like, oh my, I can't believe they're paying for this. This is crazy. <laughs> like I would do this for free. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we look back at that video and I guess hey, it could have been cringier. It's really not that bad. Like it's a pretty decent film. I'm surprised actually, because my first film, you know, you can only do so many oblique shots on Jesus hanging from the cross from a stained glass ceiling until it's like, well, you know, maybe we should move on to more of the film. It was, it was bad. <laughs> I'm sure it was so beautiful, though. The colors, the colors are the main concern yeah, the in our first film. Bad. Listen, I'm going to tell you a secret that no one knows. Okay, I'm colorblind, so 
when I first tried to color, I was like, man, this is amazing. Like, I, I'm crushing this. This is the most beautiful film ever. And she's she, like, this is so true to life. The colors are so good. And she, she looks at it and she's <laughs> like, this is a joke, right? Like, this is the worst thing I've it ever seen. It looked like sepia. Yeah. Like. And to me, that it looked completely normal. Um, so that was a big struggle for a while um, because I, I had to learn everything about color theory and, okay, what, there's too much of this color. Let's remove this to make this color. So I knew how to make the changes, but I couldn't see the changes. So she would have to communicate to me oh what was goodness. wrong, and then I would adjust it. And she'd say, perfect, looks amazing. And I'm like, it looks no different to me. I had to like be his eyes essentially because he learned so much about color science mm -hmm. and I had not learned yeah. about color science. And So um, it's, been, it's been enough time where I've calibrated so I know like what things are supposed to look like. So we're good now. But in the beginning, that was a struggle that we did not anticipate. Couldn't you just get those glasses that, like, you always see those really emotional videos where during the first look, oh, the bride gets the groom, you know, those colorblind glasses, and they can see color for the first time. Aaron, have you not? <laughs> I should have I been a better wife. <laughs> Listen, I, I, I've, people have said, like, why don't you go get those glasses? You can, you can see real color. And I'm like, okay. And then eventually I take it off. And now I'm like, cool, my, my life sucks because I, I've realized what I'm missing out on. I'd rather <laughs> just like be like, you know, I'm, I'm doing great. I love what I can see. And I can calibrate my eyes now to make beautiful, beautiful films. But I don't want to see what life actually that looks like. makes no sense. Like, if I had, no, if yes, I had the possibility of making my life even, I don't know, 30% better in an area, I wouldn't be like, I'm not going to do this because, you know, then I would just be jealous of the other 70% that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay. I'm very like, I get in modes and I'm, I obsess over it. If I saw just a little bit and then had to take the glasses off, I would just spiral out of control. It would you, not it, be good. It would probably send him into a depression, I'm not gonna lie. So it would be like those people who saw Avatar, which is, it's on my mind because they're coming out with the new one like 10 years later. But like, did you hear about that? When people saw the first Avatar, it was so mind blowing to them. The world was so gripping that people were actually like going into depression and getting checked into mental institutes because they wanted that to be their life and they couldn't get there. And some people even like committed suicide and all this stuff because they wanted to be in the Avatar well, world. No, I did so, not know about that, but this is why he hasn't gotten the glasses. That would happen to me. I would be like, man, I want to be in that world with the good colors. But instead, <laughs> so like what, what I'm able to see is essentially the main like seven-ish colors of the rainbow, no, no blending, and bring the saturation down from like 100 to 80. That's what I see, so. To eight. Eight, not 80. Uh, eight. Pretty much. Honestly. It's like, yeah, it, it's pretty. It's not awesome. It's kind of sad. When I, I used to be a blonde and then I dyed my hair red and, and he like couldn't really tell the difference. He was like, <laughs> he was like, what? It looks different? I'm like, oh but man. The, the beauty of this is if you look at our films, you have no idea that I'm colorblind. <laughs> yeah, because your films look really good. Uh, and, and, and you do the color? I get it like 80% there. And then she takes, okay. she fine tunes the last little bit. Mm -hmm. But wow, that's very impressive. Thanks. Thank you. We used to have a running joke where um, we would fight 
way back in the day, mm-hmm. not lately, but way back in the day. Yeah. Where, yeah, you're like, you, you yeah. never fight anyone. I would be, I, growing exactly. <laughs> I was too stubborn yeah. in the beginning to admit that I couldn't do something. So I would try to color it by myself. <laughs> right. And I uh, still, every time, would think I'm doing amazing. And the running joke is every shot, Aaron would say, it's too pink, too pink, too pink. So mm. for the longest time, that It like, really sucked too. He would like, he I would put really a lot hard. of time into the films, like coloring them, and then I'd have to come and like, <laughs> I like, have regular sucks. eyes, and it's not your fault that you don't, but I can see that this is yeah. bad. Yeah. <laughs> so, did you at least know you were colorblind going into it, so you knew? Oh, there's there's some warrant because it would have been horrible if you're like, it looks fine. Well, I don't understand. Like my eyes are normal. Thankfully, I, I, I found out when I was about 10 or 11, because growing up, my family didn't have insurance. So at like <laughs> at like a, age 11 or 12, my parents were like, I guess we should go see if you need glasses. And um, thankfully, I didn't. But they, they did the colorblind test and they said, hey, what number is on this picture? And I said, I said, D. And they're like, well, <laughs> yep, he's colorblind. Um, and I, I, or he's dumb. Yeah, we're or, really not sure. He's, he's an absolute idiot. One of the two. Maybe both. Right. I don't know. Too early to tell. <laughs> oh well, we found out uh, I'm not colorblind, but I am an idiot. So here we go. Yep. Yep. You hate to see it. <laughs> oh, um, man. But yeah, so we, we, did that, we did that first film and she sat down to edit. And then I was just like lurking over her shoulder. And I was like, well, what if we, what if we put that clip right there? And what if we position it like this? And what if it builds into this? And she goes... Because you had no film background, right? Not really. Well, he no. made some incredible YouTube videos with his brothers growing up. And oh. that's his film background. And I didn't know okay. about that, really, when we started this. But he's, like, totally a like a director at heart. Like, that's who he is. So when I sat down to edit this film, me, my film major self, I'm, like, thinking right. I'm doing something with my life. He's, like, behind <laughs> me. And he's just like making way better calls than I was. And I was just like, you know what? Take the computer, you edit this film. Like I'm just over trying like, to do- Like are you really gonna start the film <laughs> with that push in cake shot? Like is that really <laughs> what you wanna do? Is that the eye grabber? Yeah, so <laughs> he ended up editing that whole first film. And at that point I was just like, classic Matt. Like very early into our marriage, I realized that Matt Anything he tries to do, except for color grading, he's really good at automatically. Like, it's not like I. It's and that's just, because of a physical disability that I can't do. Master that. <laughs> if I wasn't physically barred from being awesome in this category, it'd be 10 out of 10. Yeah, literally. But anyway, so he took over that and then um, he kind of just like. From there, I. I I was like, well, this is He fun. became film guy. Yeah, I be, kind of became the film guy. I was the girl with the major for no reason at that point. Like, <laughs> did Was that a weird growing pain to have this person, of who, of course, is your spouse, but to come in and be like, oh, he's actually kind of doing better than I am at these categories. Like, was that a hard ego thing to say, wow, I went to school for this? Or was it more so, oh, thank you so much. I needed help. Like, this is actually awesome. Yeah, it was more the latter. I I have, I think our marriage works because I'm not prideful or, or like anything at all. I'm just like, you know what? 
I'm actually realizing that you definitely like this more than I do. So take over because you run with it, buddy, because I'm not as passionate about it as you are. So, But it worked out. Like we both complement each other mm -hmm. so well where I, I, I'm really good at what I'm good at and she's great at what she's great at. And we're different in, in both of those ways. So like the storytelling aspect, I became really good at because like my degree was in English. I know how stories work. I know how to build anticipation and have to like have something not be just, oh, here's a cool shot and here's another random cool shot and here's another random cool shot. Like I want the films to tell an entire story, which makes it honestly so hard to post little clips on Instagram because my shots, I'll admit, are not the most beautiful shots in the world. But they I don't know. I saw that one shot on your I think it's one of the first films on your uh, website where it starts off and the groom's like walking and there's like a white picket fence behind him and he's, you know, backlit and he walks up to the bride for, I think, a first look or a portrait thing. It was freaking gorgeous. So, I don't oh, know. well, thanks. Yeah. But like my, you ruined my point. My point, <laughs> my point <laughs> is. My point was I suck and you just My point was it. I suck. Just let me suck, okay? Um, no, but like, like the, the way that we do it. I know, like, we, we're not having these mountainy weddings where everything's so beautiful, beautiful landscape or, oh, special this. Like, we focus just on the emotion of it because that's we know that's what we're good at. So having the whole film just be about that one story, it, it's so difficult to pick out little pieces and just post it and people be like, oh, cool little clip. But it's like, no, you're missing, like... I work so hard to like put all of this together. But what's great is like the couples appreciate it and the couples recognize it and and they see the whole thing. And like, I'm not building any of this stuff for Instagram. I'm building this for that couple and their kids who end up watching it. And then the, the couples who have kids, they're like, my kids watch our wedding film every day. They <laughs> ask to see it every single day and it makes me so sad that's that so cool. you know that's that's who we're making it for anyway so well yeah it's always you know we spend i know for me i'll literally pour out my soul on a film and i'm like whoa it was so cool how i showed this one shot at the beginning and then i like hinted at it all the way to the middle and then i ended the film with the shot that i like started it with and there's this whole long arc and then literally what 90 percent of people see is oh that was like cool colors bro and like cool composition it's like what yeah yeah, it's 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 yeah. tough. It's it's tough not having that. Shown. One of the greatest compliments we ever got from a couple was when they said, "Every time I watch the film, I discover something different, like some other hidden thing that I didn't even realize was part of the shot or part of the story." It was just like every time I watch it, it's, there's something brand new about it, and it completely refreshes my whole memory of of that wedding day, so. Well, that's kind of like what good art does, right? And when you read a book, especially like a brilliant artistic uh, fiction book, you read it once, you're like, okay, I got all these cool emotional beats from it, but then you read it again a couple years later and you have a whole new life perspective that you bring to it. And you're like, oh, I didn't even realize you know, Harry Potter was the main character. I don't, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I was like, whoa, that How did completely I miss that? just flew over my head. Uh, no, I, I totally relate to that. And I think what's so special in your guys' films and just in the posts that you post on Instagram and how you communicate your heart through even your website is it seems like you guys have a really good knack for pulling out real moments from the couple? I don't know, is it more you have a knack for pulling that out or is it just the type of couples that find you are more comfortable 
being themselves on their wedding day and things like that. Which one is it? And if it is the one where you have more of a knack of bringing that out, like how do you bring that out with your couples? Yeah, I, you might have different I would thoughts. love to answer. Oh. Oh. Yeah. No, you go, you go <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, you might want to answer this. No, and I was like, yes. You go first. She's just waiting. I think it is definitely the first one where it's, we are able to make our couples feel comfortable enough to, you know, have authentic moments in front of us. And I think that's a huge part is because we, you know, we take a limited number of weddings a year. We made the mistake that every filmmaker makes, you know, the first year that they get into it and they book a bunch. And what we make a billion dollars. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And you realize I'll be the first filmmaker to make a million dollars from just weddings. Just one year. Yeah. We realized that we you know, we didn't really have like a relationship with any of the couples. Like there were a few that we connected really well with, but after that, we were like, you know what, we want to take a certain number, like a limited number. And we want to invest our time in these couples so much so that when we show up on their wedding day, we're like their friends. We're not just like people they hired to document their wedding day. Like we are their friends. We know their lives. We've communicated on social media. Like we've kept up with them. We care so much about them and they care about us because we've let them into our lives. So when we show up on their wedding day, we are their friends and we're there for them. And, you know, we have a relationship with them and we've built a relationship. So when we're pointing our cameras at them, it's not you know, who's this weirdo with a camera? It's like, hey, it's Matt and Aaron. They're my friends. And they're here to like support me on my wedding day as people that would attend a wedding, really, um, you know, guests. And so they're comfortable with us. You know, we've built that relationship with them. So they're able to really relax. And there's so much that goes into it. Also with the way that we build our schedules and our timelines, you know, we make it to where there's a ton of time involved, like chunks of time so that they're, the couple's never stressed because we have, like, so much extra time built into the timeline. But, I mean, I just boxed it all in there. But Yeah, yeah how do you do that timeline component? Because, well, I guess you have a rare kind of situation because typically, I'm sure, couples hire you for both, right? Mm-hmm. For photo yeah. and video, which then gives you the unique privilege to create the whole timeline, essentially. Yeah, it's 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 a struggle to not have the photography aspect in it at this point. Like when we're just a videographer and like we don't get to have our say in the timeline, it's like, oh, we could have made this less stressful if it was our choice, but yeah. We still kind of do anyways, even if it's just video. (laughs) We say like, hey, we're gonna help you with the timeline. Even though that you might not need one, you might have a photographer who makes one for you. You probably have a planner who's gonna make one for you. We wanna make one for you too, because these films that you see that you love of ours, they don't happen by chance. It happens from being intentional before the wedding day so that you guys can feel great on the wedding day, where you, you have space to be emotional, have space to, to have these experiences. And if, if we just, some God bless all photographers, we love them, like we don't hate anybody, but sometimes- <laughs> Some horrible photographer, some, they're just all horrible. Just sometimes, even planners too, like they, you know, at two o'clock you're getting your dress on, at 2.02 you're doing this, at 2.04- And if it doesn't happen, the whole wedding is Yeah, screwed. and it's like, instead, how about, let's have yeah. a block of time, let's have an hour. And in that hour, we're gonna put your dress on, you're gonna do the first look with your dad, and you're gonna pray with your bridesmaids. And then it's like, that seems like a lot of time, but then we get extra time. So if everything goes ahead of schedule, cool, we have an extra 15 minutes to get portraits. Like, that's awesome. We can be creative at We can be point. creative. Like, or maybe um, things are running a little bit behind and, oh, no, now we only have 45 minutes. Well, that's fine. We're only doing three things. 
And then, or there's moments too, where it's like, hey, you might have completely forgotten, uh, or maybe your grandma from Ireland flew in to surprise you and you had no idea and you want to be the first one or, or you want to show her um, you and your dress before anybody else. Like we want to say, yes, let's do that. We don't want to be so stuck to a crappy timeline that we have to say, no, we need to move on. And we <laughs> we don't have time for your right. grandma. We have no, we don't, we don't have time for Graham Graham, you know. <laughs> right, right. Your yeah. grandma means <laughs> so, nothing I, I, you to know, us. We people have said before about us, like you just get really emotional couples. You get like you, you just attract these couples, and I don't think we do. Like we get like every other couple. Every you know, I I don't think there's anything different about the couples who we get. Where we just have a way to help ahead before the wedding. To kind of build that anticipation, like, hey, we're going to space things out so you guys can breathe. We're doing this intentionally so you can enjoy the day. If you guys feel stressed and rushed on the wedding day, when you watch your film and you see that shot, you're going to feel stressed and rushed again just naturally because that's what you remember about that moment. You don't remember how excited you were uh, to see each other for that first look. Instead, you're thinking of how like rushed you were to go down there because we have to go do this to get portraits. And we had to do this, 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 the next thing. And the other thing, the big thing, probably the biggest thing that if everybody forgets what we just said and they only do this one thing, this is the one thing to do. Allow time for anticipation to build. So there's always like that, the big reveal, big reveal, big reveal, do the next thing, reveal, reveal. But I think of when I was a kid and the movie Spy Kids was about to come out and I knew we were going to see it on Friday. The thumbs. And, yes, the thumb people. Um, so, yeah. yes. Oh, it so it's, it's Monday and I know on Friday I'm seeing yeah. Spy Kids and I'm so excited. I'm so yeah. stoked. It's, two, it's Tuesday and I was thinking about it. It's Wednesday. I'm even having dreams about watching this movie. I'm so excited. Thursday comes <laughs> Friday morning there. I'm like, today I'm seeing Spy Kids. And then once I see it, I love it. But the anticipation of thinking I'm about to see Spy Kids was just as good as actually seeing Spy Kids. <laughs> right. So even we better. apply that to our weddings where <laughs> the grooms who in every other situation would never be emotional. They'd never cry. They, not that they don't love their, their beautiful bride, but it's just like that's just not who they are typically. But before we do that first look, Usually people just be like, all right, one, two, three, turn around. But we like let it go just just an extra 10 seconds, just a, a tiny bit too long. Like while they're both standing there. While they're both standing there, not looking at each other, while they're both standing there. And we don't say anything. We just say, hey, just wait for us. And we just pause and we're quiet and everybody's quiet and it's just them two. And you can almost feel them feeling each other's presence without touching each other. And then the heart rate starts to go and then the hands start getting sweaty and then it's like magic every time the waterworks start coming out of a groom who claimed a million times. Really? I was wow. never, I'm never going to cry for the first look. I love you, but I'm never going to cry. Suddenly he's crying. It's because we're not just trying to go boom, 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 next, 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 trying to get this big reveal, trying to get this big reveal. Let's focus on these emotions before the reveal, which makes the reveal that much better. Yeah, and we also make sure that we talk to our grooms beforehand and we're like, listen, we are not looking for a reaction from you. Mm -hmm. Like, we're not... We're not trying to make you cry. We're not trying to like, you know, get the best, most like epic reaction out of you. We're like, we're just trying to give you the space to have the emotions that you actually have and make you feel comfortable enough to have them. So we make sure we tell them that. We're like, please don't feel like, you know, these videographers are expecting something out of me. You know, because that alone, that expectation will take the emotion out of it yeah. right away. 
right? Because they feel like they have to perform for you guys or for the mm-hmm. photographer or for the coordinator by being on time, just any of the things. I love that so much because oftentimes we as filmmakers think, oh, we're filmmakers. That means we have to control direct the day. But oftentimes we're more of documentarians and journalists where, and and really just friends and encouragers who can actually create a space for them to be human and do what they're already going to do. And some of the best films are from couples who are comfortable. And then being a filmmaker, you do more listening and your best art comes from listening to actual real people having real emotions right in front of you. So I love that idea with the anticipation and the first look. Are there any other parts of the day that you guys kind of do that with that you feel, wow, when we started doing this, we got so much better reactions from couples and so much better stories that we're able to tell when we started to approach uh, maybe the getting ready this way or the portraits or things like that? Yeah, for sure. Like even with um, first looks with parents, or, um, you know, the, a photographer will typically like hang up the dress somewhere really pretty and we'll have the dress, uh, we'll have the dress hung up too. And we'll have the bride just like, Hey, just go like stand in front of your dress. And you know, this is nothing new, but just having that space to be like, we're not here to get anything. We're to help you get in the right zone of like, what's about to happen. You're about to be married in like three hours. And yeah, this morning might've been a little crazy and breakfast didn't come on time and a bridesmaid was lost or something like that. But now is the time where it's... it's <laughs> bridesmaid died, she didn't show up, but just let's forget you know about how all that. <laughs> you know how they are. Right. But getting them into that right moment where, okay, previous part of the day is gone. From this point on, we are just focusing on you getting married and you enjoying this moment and being with it. And, and with that, it comes being able to sense the emotions in the room. Because there are some times when brides, like they're overwhelmed. And if we're so focused on getting a cool shot or even not even getting shots that we should get, if we prioritize that over their emotion, they're not going to enjoy this. So there'll be times when we tell like the whole, the whole bridesmaid, all the bridesmaids, the family, everybody, the mom, the mom, especially the mom sometimes, Hey, we're going to get some solo pictures just of the bride real quick. Everybody step out and then we'll call you back in, in 10 or so minutes. We just want to get stuff of just her. Yeah. Cause the bride gets like so caught in the atmosphere of, even though mom's not saying anything, you can feel the tension of mom's like schedule clock's ticking or, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So we, we kick everybody out, we shut the door, and then we tell the bride, hey, we don't need any pictures. We just can tell you, you need a minute. And there are times when the bride just starts crying. She's like, this is the first time I've been alone all weekend. Because they have the rehearsal dinner, people coming from town, all of this. And, and just being able to sense in that moment, hey, you're not doing okay, and we want you to do okay. We're going to get everybody out, remove all that anxiety. What can we do? Do you need water? Do you need anything? And then, because we can get our shots later. We have a long day ahead of us. Like we, we can get everything that we need later, but above all, the bride and the groom, they need to be in the right emotional space where they can enjoy the day. They're not just gonna walk through the day or just roll through it like they're on a train, but, but they are making those choices themselves to walk through the day on their own instead of being told what to do all day and being overwhelmed, overstimulated, because that, that never ends good for anybody. That's so true because it's like once they get on that train, it's just kind of one thing to the next. And before you know it, you're at the end of the day and you're like, oh, 
I got what I needed, but I could just tell that the couple was just so, just something was off the whole day. And what do you guys do? Because I'm sure like all this sounds so awesome, but I'm sure not every wedding, everything goes so perfectly to where you're like, okay, yeah, I'm totally grooving with the couple from the minute I walk in till the end of the day. Like, what do you guys do where you get to maybe the middle of the day or near the end of the day where it's at portraits and you're just like, man, we just haven't been able to click or something's off. Do you have anything that you guys do to kind of reset when it might seem a little too late? I don't know. I feel like I struggle to feel like we even have weddings where we don't really connect with the couples or like there's a disconnect there because we do put in so much work with them and like build a relationship with them. I see. So it's more, it'd be very uncommon. Yeah, it would be maybe in the beginning, but it's been so long since we did weddings with couples that we didn't really know. We did have one wedding where we were a surprise to the bride and groom. Like they didn't know that we were going to be there. Someone paid for us. Like six years uh, ago. So we didn't know them (laughs) at all. Did you come out of a box or something? (laughs) Open the door. I was like, hi, I'm here. Sorry. That one one was weird. We're actually good friends with them now. But that that day it was like, we are not connecting with them like because we don't know them. But but most of our wedding because we do, man. I feel like shooting the wedding is is five percent of what we do. Like we do the other ninety five percent before the wedding day, where we're talking with them, listening to them. Hey, how are you doing? How's your job? I know you guys are moving, and and just getting to know them, getting to know their thoughts, figuring out how they communicate with with each other. Like, are they super lovey dovey, or are they just like shoulders touching? You know, like. How do they at home, when they're comfortable, communicate to each other that they love each other and they're happy to be in each other's presence? And we take those little subtle things and 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 just they don't realize we're studying them, but we're studying them and we're taking they notes. Get like a report card after your Zoom call. <laughs> yes, and we're we're preparing and charge t- them extra one thousand dollars. I don't like them. Right, right. right. Oh you God, didn't touch terrible. at all during our Zoom call, fifteen hundred dollars surcharge. Lack of romance. Yep, exactly. <laughs> My job yeah. will be more yep. difficult now. That's how we, that's how we get all the good couples. That's how. Um, but we, we do all this prep work ahead of time to know them. So on the wedding day, we're not having to ever recalibrate and like, ooh, this isn't going right. This isn't going right. Because the only way that would happen is if we hadn't done our due diligence before the wedding day to really know them really know their their heart, what they want, what their desires are, how they want to even feel on the wedding day, how they want to spend the wedding day. Yeah, I guess to add to that, like they're not to say that they're like, because I feel like there is a lot of pressure for photographers and videographers to like, constantly have like, you know, the couple like doing these super lovey dovey poses and, you know, being like, very affectionate towards one another. So, um, you know, when you get to a wedding and, and a couple's not like that and they're not really doing that, that might make you feel like, okay, what am I doing wrong? But I think because we do put so much time into the relationships prior to the wedding, we can tell when a couple's going to be lovey-dovey and when they're not going to be. And we don't, we tell our couples all the time, we're not putting you into a box of what we want you to be. We're showcasing who you already are and how you show love to one another, because that's the one thing like, um, that's the trends of how you edit things and the trends of like, you know, grain and like warmth, like all of that stuff will fade, but how you show love for one another is timeless and it will always be that way. And so when we get to a wedding and a couple like doesn't love to kiss and they don't want to hug, 
we just at that point we're like okay we're gonna have a, a moving couple so like we do a lot more movement shots where they're like walking together or um a spin is always you know lovey-dovey or not they can get down with a spin um so, especially the bride showing off her dress um like, oh yeah a, <laughs> i'm cinderella sometimes yeah. a classic like you two just stand there and look up at the tree like sometimes as simple as that <laughs> looks amazing and look then, at the ground you know, <laughs> yeah exactly like you know but like the thing is in that moment they're having fun they feel comfortable it's not like oh god uh here's bottom of the barrel poses that i got it's like oh you guys this looks amazing like i love how you guys look look the lights coming through the pine trees right there like you guys just stand there oh i love the way that you just started moving your dress like keep doing that oh i love the way you oh yeah hand in the pocket that's perfect you know like just kind is of this what you meant hyping him up yeah no this is actually this is really good i'm just laughing because when you describe it, and especially when I've listened to myself over audio, narrating some of those moments when they're just standing there, and to 99% of the population, they'd be like, they're standing there. But then you hear your audio on the other hand, like, oh, yeah, yeah, do more of that. Like, like oh, touch your hair again. Like, oh, touch, yeah, I liked how you caressed your lapel. And it sounds so, like, funny. Mm. Um, but it's true. There was a bride on FaceTime with us yesterday. We were having a final meeting and she asked like, hey, do you give out raw footage? And I you know, <laughs> gave the usual answer. But I, I, what I really wanted to say was all you're going to hear the whole time is that looks so good. Oh, keep doing yes, that. That looks more, so good. More of I'm that. like, you yes. do not want to hear eight hours of <laughs> my <laughs> commentary. <laughs> more of that, please. Like, uh, no, yeah, keep going. Oh, wow. <laughs> Kiss. Great. Oh, yeah. beautiful. It's just cringy. They don't want that. Uh, I love that, though. So it seems like you guys almost have, because really, there are in-betweens, but there's kind of just two types of couples. There's the couples who are more affectionate, and then there's couples who are less affectionate. And knowing that those are kind of the two categories and looking for those things during your initial call, during the Zoom call, um, it seems like you guys have almost systems in place on how to shoot each of those types of couples, Right. Yeah. yeah, I would say it's less of like a system like, okay, I know this couple's lovey-dovey and I know this couple's not lovey-dovey and more of like a lack of pressure because we're not there to make them something they're not. So we don't feel pressured. Like I, I never feel pressured to make a not lovey-dovey couple look like a lovey-dovey couple. So like when you walk into a wedding day knowing, okay, this is a not a lovey-dovey couple and I'm not going to try and make them that. So I guess that is like a system. Like I, I'm just like, I'm not trying to make them something they're not. So there's no pressure there. And you know from portraits that like, oh, I'm not going to do, you know, run into each other's arms and like, you know, do all this crazy stuff because they're just going to be like, uh, are you crazy? They're going to hate it. And yeah. we don't want them to hate anything. No, yeah. I, I, I really, really like that. Cause, and then you also mentioned timeline because that's huge. And I think, because I know a lot of people listening to this, like, oh, it's so cool that you do photo and video, but I don't do photo and video. So as just filmmakers alone, I think we do have more power than we think to influence that timeline. I know that's something I've been doing in the last three or four years is, you know, sending timeline recommendations three or four months before, and a lot of them get put in. And a lot of filmmakers are just like, oh, I never thought I could do that. So what for you guys in the whole realm of creating anticipation, making couples feel safe, like what are some main timeline additions that you find really make your lives easier, make the day less stressful, uh, specifically for filmmaking and things like that? Yeah, I think for us, it's putting on a dress does not take four minutes. 
putting on a dress takes 30 minutes. It might take five minutes to slip it on, to get all the pieces in place in order to slip it on, takes 30 minutes. And that's something that we, if we ever work with a planner or a photographer who's made a timeline and we need to make changes or recommendations, it's usually for that reason where this is gonna be too fast. And, and it's not even about us thinking like, oh, this is gonna add stress to us. Like, this is our job. You know, I'm not trying to go in there like, I want the day to be perfect because I'm a videographer, I'm amazing. I want three hours for portraits. Yeah, exactly. But I'm caring about the couple. And I've had all these conversations with the couple about their desire, how they want to feel on the wedding day, how they want, they want no stress. They want no, no anxiety. And I know looking at this timeline, that's going to cause anxiety. a little bit of anxiety. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if I ever have to talk to a planner, I'm like, listen, I really talked to them about this. I, I know that this probably isn't in enough time. Otherwise, they're going to feel a little bit rushed. And I know she said a thousand times, that's what she does not want to feel. And we've, I don't think we've ever had an issue with a planner or another photographer saying like, no, get in your place, you silly videographer. Like we, we want stress. We want to load as much stress on this bride as possible. Yeah, exactly. Like no one's going to do that. I don't like, there's not this hidden, like photographers and videographers hate each other and they want to make each other's lives terrible. Like we're all doing this job together. I don't understand that narrative <laughs> um, because we, we truly, and we all care about the couple and care how they feel. And if I can say, listen, I, I know that you, you made this timeline like this and, and you might just not know, but she's told me her dress has a million buttons. We're going to need a lot more time than this. Otherwise people are going to rush. Mom's not going to have fun. All of her faces um, when she's trying to button these things are just going to be like all scrunched and, and hurried. Like that's not going to be fun for anybody. So I think just having that open communication, not saying, hey, here's my timeline, add all these things to it, but have, like communicating with the planner, communicating with the photographer. Hey, here's Communicating some- the why. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. The why. If we just tell them, hey, we need more time for this, they're going to think, oh, great. We're going to do like do some random cool videography thing, whatever it is. But it's like, no. I actually love that. Because so many filmmakers will say, oh, I try to ask for X, Y, and Z for on the timeline or on the wedding day. And then when I find out how they asked, it's like, hey, I need this for the film. It's important for the film. It's important for, and it's all about, in their minds, they're thinking it's for the couple, but the way they communicate it comes across as it's just for them and then no one cares. But when you shift it to, oh, I really want you know, an hour or whatever, 15 extra minutes for portraits, not to make a better film per se, but more so could I, I really want the couple to enjoy this moment. Like you said, they wanted to be stress-free. Then all of a sudden the planner's like, I'm not going to do something that jeopardizes their enjoyment of the day. Of course. And it like the whole narrative changes. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very true. Yep. Which is huge. So yeah, love, 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 love that you said that. And you said like, it all happens before the day. So what are some like things that you do? Because the fact that you guys get to know your couple so well, what do you do with every couple beforehand? Are you having like an initial phone call before they book, multiple Zoom calls? Like how do you get to know them so well? So the main thing is we do, so we do an initial call before they book us and we will spend a long time on those calls. Like we, we always set aside like an hour and a half to two hours. We'll talk to the couple as long as they want to talk to us. So that's the first call. And then if they decide to book with us, then what we do right away is we'll start a group text message with them. It's me, Matt, and then the couple, and we're all in a group message with them. And we're like, we're at your disposal. If you need any like advice or help or anything, or you just want to talk, like we're in this group chat together and we will do that. 
So we'll be in a group message. And then if they have any questions, you know, we'll make sure we answer their questions, but then we'll also like make sure like we talk to them, like, how are you guys doing? And we'll send like gifts and, you know, just like building a relationship with them. And then we also make sure that we follow them on social media on our personal pages, you know, not just our business page. Cause if it's just the business page, it, like our couples honestly could get lost in all the people that are on our business page. But if we're following them on our personal page, you know, we're able to like interact with their stories and their posts and, you know, feel like we're actually building that relationship. And then, you know, we do a call, we check in on them through email, like five months out. And then we also check in again three months out and we do another FaceTime call. Yeah, the kind of the final FaceTime call where yeah. like about two months before the wedding, two or three months before the wedding, we show them our timeline before really like anybody else makes their timeline <laughs> low key. But we're like, hey, this is kind of what we're envisioning for the day. And usually our timeline is the same as everybody else's, but we we break it up into a big chunk. So we're doing the same things, accomplishing the same things. Typically the timing is the same. We just do it in a big old chunk. So we talk them through that. We go line by line. Hey, here's where you're going to be. Here's what we're going to do. Here's the plan for this. Here's some thoughts for this. Do you have any like ideas of where you want to do this? You don't? Cool. We're going to find it for you so you don't have to worry about it. So three months before the wedding day, roughly two or three months before the wedding day, they have their timeline. They know where to be. They Now they feel secure. Now they can look forward to their wedding and like, sweet, they know what they're doing. I can look forward to this day. I, I don't have to just see my wedding day as a bunch of lists and, and I, I get anxious about it. But now I get excited because my photographer or even if it's just videographer, my videographer gave me this timeline and he's going to be amazing and he's there for me and he, he's going to be super prepared. So I feel so great about looking forward to the wedding now. So all of those things. And, and we don't like actively reach out to our couples. We say like, you know, you won't hear much from us unless you contact us because you know, most of our couples, they're, they're young and they're graduating college. They're just starting their new careers. They might be moving. Like we say, you have a lot of life things going on outside of just planning a wedding. I don't want to bombard you every two and a half weeks with like, hey, here's five wedding tips for how to cut a cake. Uh, that's, <laughs> they're not going to respect when we reach out to them if we over overdo it. So, But we always say, we are available. We are available. Yeah, we encourage them to reach out to us as as much as they want to um, because we want that relationship with them. And we take a limited number of weddings so that it's not it's like not a burden at all when they reach out to us. It's like something super enjoyable for us because we're like, okay, here's we're getting to know them better. And we don't have to look them up on Instagram to remember. Wait, who who is that again? (laughs) Right. Like which one of the 50 weddings that we're doing this year are you? And I think it really hits home on because like. Every person, no matter how closed off they are, they have these really honest emotions that among their most intimate friends they share. And you would hope that they can be that way on their wedding day so they can relive that. But unfortunately, so often who people actually are get stifled on the wedding day because they feel so much stress from all these people who don't really know them and they're kind of getting like, put through all these different paces, but the way you become that more close friend is by giving, by actually being vulnerable yourself first with your time, with your own story. And then they're like, oh, I feel safe with you guys. And so like, I think the key takeaway from what you guys just said, and even what I do myself with my couples is spend the time listening to them. Like you said, on that first call, however long it needs to be, you know, I'm there for you. And just communicating that 
you're here to serve and not just saying it, but showing it through your actions of liking their thing on social media. If they post something about, hey, I'm looking for X, Y, and Z for my wedding, like helping them with that. So by the time their day comes, it's not just, oh yeah, those are those people on the website that said they serve me, but you actually showed them that you did. I, that's just how humans work and that's how friendships are made. And so on the day of, it's not like, oh, we got to do this tip and trick to get them to open up and we have to do X, Y, and Z. It's just, oh, we've already done it. We just allow them to be who they are. Yeah. Exactly. And they're comfortable because they saw how much you guys cared from the get-go, which is, which is awesome. Which <laughs> is so cool. Um, <laughs> that's how it should be. Yeah, so, so crazy. And I know like you guys have been doing this for a long time. How long have you been in business doing... Seven years now? I guess the first wedding was end of 2015. Oh, and oh then, so and almost then, seven years. And then 2016, we did like two or three weddings. And then 2017, we did a lot more weddings. And then 2018, things just took off. And how many How many there. are you doing so, now, 2022? Uh, we capped the weddings at 15 okay. at the most. And what are you guys charging around at 15 for like photo and video together? Uh, what is it like? 75 8000 it's not a ton but like we don't we really don't give them a lot um just like a little <laughs> you're like you get 30 seconds after all this conversation about getting to know them it's like you get yeah. a 30 second instagram highlight but like, like no but also like the like the pricing where we live is a lot like we're probably the most expensive in the area yeah so but we um we just give them like a 4 or 5 minute film and the photos and like we don't feel the need to hey here's the ceremony here's a 60 second instagram thing here's the reception here's the speeches like you know we can charge for all that later if that's something that they want but um i just like making the films and <laughs> so i want to do like if, if i get to choose my job you just like coloring them. i just love oh, coloring that's his favorite part. Exactly. he loves to no, color. I love coloring. <laughs> but if like i get to choose my job why not choose what i love to do and what I love about the film aspect is just making the film. I don't like editing together ceremonies. I don't like speeches. I, I dread it. So I just don't offer it unless they ask and then I can charge them and that's great. But, and we have other streams of income coming in. So we're not solely relying on weddings and we kind of intentionally keep a year's worth of savings saved up just so we don't have the pressure to be like, oh, we we have to take this couple like, that we don't vibe with. Or, yeah, I know this wedding isn't for us, and but, but we need to take it. Because it only takes like a year worth of, or five or so couples in a row where you're like, I'm not driving. And then you're just like, I hate my job. <laughs> yeah. And you get all burnt out. Yeah. So that's that's pretty much us. <laughs> I So I know you, I don't know if. Matt, you took it or, or you guys took it together, but I know you did Craft 5K, one of our courses that I don't, a couple years back, and I just kind of want to hear your guys' thoughts on that because it is coming out again. And I always like to, you know, before it comes out, just have past people who took it, past students and their, you know, um, how it helped them and things like that, since I know it did help you guys a lot when you guys were building your brand and shooting weddings. Yeah. It was, it was super good. <laughs> it was a turning point, honestly. Yeah. In the moment, Erin was not stoked. Can I say that? You can say whatever you want. Yeah. In the moment, she was not stoked. But I said, hey, we're watching all of these at night. 
and we are going to learn. And <laughs> I remember like, it. we had. Well, and I already, we've, we've established that he took over the videography and I was mm. less passionate about it at this oh, point. Oh, I see. I didn't really like it anymore. But, but even from, uh, even, yeah, the, the story of how she got in photography, we were doing video just solely because there are a million photographers and there were like two videographers in the area. So we're like, let's do videography, build that brand. Eventually we'll go over to photo. So we, we practiced photography for like a year and really honed down like what is our style? What's gonna set us apart? So we didn't, we took a bunch of pictures for a year and didn't post any. And we even shot a couple- Except for a few of like our kids, we would yeah, post on our we, personal pages. Yeah, mm -hmm. we even shot a couple weddings like photo and we we waited until we had a couple so then when we officially announced hey we do photo too okay cool now we have stuff to actually show right away instead of being like hey we offer photo now too and then you don't see any of our photo weddings for like you know depending on how far you could book out like nine months 12 months in advance so that's when we added that. So I, I booked the first photo wedding without telling her. I don't recommend you do that, but I, I she needed a little she needed a little nudge. <laughs> right. I, I told her, um, well, a couple contacted us, was like, do you do photo too? I said, absolutely we do. Um, <laughs> My wife's great at it. It's all she, she was amazing. born and she wanted to do photo. <laughs> This is this is what she was born. I like photo day. a lot. Like I'm I'm so thankful that he booked that wedding and didn't tell me about it because I have like this fear of failure. So I was like, I never would have started that if I if it had been my choice because I would have been like, I probably will fail at it. Yeah. And um, so I booked the wedding and I told her like, Hey, I booked a photo video wedding. You have six months to get super, super good at photography. And she dropped to the floor oh and just like cried. Wow. And I feel really that bad is, now. Uh, but look where it got us. Wow, it's I fine. think uh, I think we need to have another talk about how to treat your wife. <laughs> this yeah, this was way back in the day. I'm much more respectful. No, I'm that. thankful for it. Like I needed that push. I never would have done it. And I'm yeah. like, I love, love, like I don't like videography that much. It's not my passion anymore, but I'm so passionate about photography and yeah. I would have never been that way if it hadn't been for that push. I, so. I really only pushed her because I knew she could crush it. She just needed that encouragement. That, that <laughs> and I'm force. dramatic. Like I fall to my knees for the, the drama factor. You yeah. you actually, so you actually did like fall to your knees. No, I literally fell to my knees. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, that part's real. I was like, I don't lie. That was not, you're not lying. Oh my no, God. No, that was, that was me. That's yeah, I don't mean. exaggerate. So, but, but around that time is when your course came out. So we were able to use it, not just for like, oh, here's how to shoot video, but it's, it's like, hey, here's how each moment of the day can be directed. Because that's kind of what we really needed to learn because, okay, we're doing photo now. We can't rely on another photographer to direct the day. We have to take charge now. And that's what that was one of the most awesome things about taking the course in that moment was, hey, here's how to communicate to the groom, how, how we're going to do this, how we're going to talk to the bride, how we're going to communicate during portraits. I remember a moment we because we watched this in our room and we had this massive TV in our room and we, we hooked it up to the TV and I was like, pointing at things at the TV, like, like, Aaron, look at that. And then you do that. And then look over there. Like, I think it was, it was probably a part where we were, you were doing portraits in Joshua tree or something like that. And I was like, look how they did that. Like, and then he did this and like, we need to do stuff like that. And then let's, and I got my camera out and I'm like, let's practice, you know, and I'm like, let's practice these movements. <laughs> like, let's, but, let's go outside right now. Let's, let's knock on like yeah. someone's door and get them to pose. I was dying inside. <laughs> 
Yeah, and she was <laughs> she was not stoked. She has a she has a limit with business stuff, as she should. And I had to learn that about myself he has later. No limit. I have yeah, no you're limit. just awesome at but, it. You're limitless. Your potential. <laughs> yes. She's so limitless. She you, you No, crushed. he's talking about you. Yeah. Oh, you? Yeah, because you just said I have no yeah, limits. Same. I was like, yeah, you're just, you know, you're just awesome at everything. Limitless. Just limitless. You know? I could not be here without him. <laughs> I can guarantee you that. I would be too socially awkward to like talk to brides if I hadn't learned from her, like, hey, you know. That was weird. <laughs> like, why did you say that? Why did you just I like, like I don't know talk about that? Pokemon cards for thirty minutes? Like that came out of nowhere. Like, what were you doing? I don't understand. No, and another thing too is because we started adding like when you're when we started uh, learning from your course, like that timing, we had just added photography, and so many of our referrals came in from photographers. So when we added photography to our business. Those photographers scrammed. They were like, we're not working with you anymore. You're going to take our uh, business away. And that's not how we worked at all. Wow. We were like, we told all of our yeah. couples like, or we told all of the photographers, we're like, do not send couples to us until you have a, like a contract with them. We don't ever want them to like not tell us the full truth. And then we book the wedding and not know that you had sent them to us. And anyways, but because all of those referrals went out the window, the way that the formula for booking the couples like listening to them repeating back to them what they what we heard and what they want um all of that stuff helped us book couples a lot like it really changed how much we were able to charge for our weddings and that's awesome yeah it's so cool to because the whole course it's weird initially i made it for myself of hey i have all these problems i don't know how to solve them and kind of sitting down and having to think about intentionally how do I actually approach coming into the morning when everyone's all stressed out? How do I actually get someone who is stressed out and tell them, hey, you know, your day is about your marriage. Like, let's calm down. How do you actually make portraits to <laughs> Don't where... Don't say that. Calm, calm down. Calm down. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's more so to me. Um, yeah. <laughs> Just calm down. You're being so emotional. I just don't understand. It's so dramatic. <laughs> yeah, dropping just, to your knees. You know, in just the course, you'll learn how to just lovingly slap a bride if she's being, you know, too <laughs> emotional. Oh, when you, Pull yourself together. When you, can yeah. guide, when you can guide a drunk person at the reception, you've made it. Or you can you oh, just yeah. smile at them and be like, hey, could you go stand over there? And they're so stoked, you know, like. But legitimately, part of that is learning that communication. How can you go into a room and adjust the emotion or or feel the emotion and adjust what needs to be done that that's our job that's what we have to do we can't just go in and be like well the day's stressful everybody's upset we're just going to roll with it like it's our job to change that atmosphere so they can experience what the couple wants to experience it's so weird like getting into weddings you think oh it's just about shooting stuff photos or video you're like literally Tony Robbins on the day of where you're just like, okay, here we go. Or like, oh no, we're okay. Let's have a good cry and just, you know, process all that. Now we're going to come back out and no one tells you this when you get into weddings and it's, but it's so key once you really realize that, oh my goodness, I'm here for their hearts and know how to communicate that way. It changes your work and it makes you less stressed. It makes the day way more enjoyable and your films and photos are just a million times better, like just the whole thing. So if you guys were, you know, kind of 
going back and in that same place again where you're like, oh, we really need to learn how the video side of the day works, how storytelling works and editing and shooting and things like that. What would you tell someone in that similar place if they're considering you know, the Craft 5K course uh, specifically? And what would you tell someone who's kind of like on the fence with a course like that or like this? Okay, listen, you can either book 40 terrible weddings that are going to completely ruin the, the client that you, that you want, or you can just go through the course and learn that way. Because when you do those first like 20, 30, sometimes even 40 weddings, you're learning on the job. You're not actually even there to use what you've learned that yet you're still learning. You're still learning the flow of the day. You're still learning how to communicate. You're still learning all, all of that stuff. Or you can take the course and be like 40, 50 weddings ahead of where you, you would be in that moment. That's how it was for us. People even told us around that same time, like, I don't know what happened, but you guys suddenly just got really good. <laughs> and, um, I was like, yeah, it's so random, crazy. I wonder what yes. happened. You know, but, I, I'm colorblind too. Yeah, I'm, you know, so and I'm like... colorblind. Yeah, <laughs> let's beat that. Um, but I, that's, that's awesome. That's how it all. Um, oh, is he okay? We have our baby coming to us. I forgot everything you were saying. I'm just like, there's a baby. And for the people listening, they have no idea what I'm looking at, but they just brought their adorable baby in. Uh, so cute. His name is Vale, oh, and he's precious. That is awesome. Well, man, that's, I mean, that's incredible. And yeah, that's with any education, I think. It's, hey, you can most of the time get someplace you want to go, but it usually takes you triple the amount of time, whereas just follow someone who's kind of walked in the same footsteps, made a lot of mistakes. It's not your, you know, your life, this isn't a get rich quick scheme, no education is, but it's going to get you way further ahead than you were just on your own trying to like just power your way through it. So dude, that's awesome. Love, love, love that. And I think like we covered almost everything that I want to talk about. Let me just, I think one thing, if you guys have maybe like 10 more minutes, the one thing I did want to talk about, which I think would be really helpful is just how you guys got through the crazy COVID backlog I saw all over your Instagram of just, I mean, you had, you shot like 30 weddings in 80 days. And there was a moment where you're like, I have seven deadlines, or I think it was like 13 and they're all due in a month or so. And I read that and my stomach collapsed because I know exactly how that feels. And I've been there before and you just don't know what to do. You're like, if I miss these deadlines, I'm going to get sued. I'm going to have to reimburse the money. Like that's where my thoughts go to. And you guys somehow got out of that. And I'd like to just kind of end there with that little story, because I think for filmmakers that haven't encountered that yet, it's very likely that it'll happen to them where there's something happens in your life or in the world to where your whole world just gets shaken up and you find yourself missing all these deadlines. Like how do you come out of that mentally and how do you deal with it from a business standpoint? Yeah. So that was terrible. We were so thankful. It's kind of, it's kind of either way, you're kind of not in a good situation. So we're, we live in Florida. Florida did not care at all about the pandemic. So all of our weddings that were in the spring got moved to the fall. So we really didn't lose any weddings. We maybe lost like one wedding, but 
we went from entire years worth of weddings in a year to a year's worth in whatever, 60 days, whatever it was. So we didn't lose any money. That's great. We can still keep our house and stuff. But now I have a year's worth of backlog and all of them are like going to be due around the same time. And when you're in that, when, when you're in that pandemic mode, you're just not motivated, right? Like you're in your house all the time. It, it was rough and it, it, it continued for a long time, but it honestly, all we did was just communicate with the couples. Like, listen, this wasn't planned. This, this was not right. And we're going to keep you guys updated on things, but I don't want to rush through your film. I, like I, for the sake of you guys, for the sake of your kids and grandkids who are going to watch this, like, I don't want to just rush through this just to meet a deadline. Um, so if you're okay with it, I'm going to take longer because I don't want to do this to you guys. I could easily just sit down, make the crappiest little first draft ever, give it to them and be done. But I'm like, I, I care about you guys too much as friends at this point, or just being a decent human being. I'm not going to do that to you. And every single couple was like, oh my gosh, yes. Take as long as you need. Take as long as you, and there were some couples, it was over a year wow. until they are just under, just, was it just under? No, one of them was a year. One of them was a year. And I felt so bad, but then like they loved it. We gave them all of their photos on a timely manner, yeah. um, but their video, their film took um, a while. But there, that also goes back to, to the building a relationship with them and becoming their friends. Like from a business standpoint, you'll easily tell someone that you don't know and like it, you paid them and like that's it's like a transaction to you you'll tell them like where's my stuff give me my stuff I paid you where is it but when you have a friendship with that person they're going to be a lot more empathetic to you and your actual life and like what's going on and you know everybody was just so understanding and so kind and um, no one complained no one no one did anything I was I was so thankful because it it could it was so stressful and on top of all of that, like all of the weddings to do, now we have both kids at home because they're not in school. We're homeschooling now. Just started that because of the pandemic. Because because of Florida, no one really cared about <laughs> no one really cared about preventing anything. So even at their school, they're like, hey, we're not gonna wear masks, we're not gonna do anything to prevent. Lord have mercy. We're just gonna live our life like normal. And I'm like Pretty much. Yeah. And I'm like, if we if we get COVID during this fall we lose out on like at least half of our yearly income because of the number of weddings that we would miss from COVID. I'm like, we can't chance that. So we had to homeschool. So now we're both parents working at home, homeschooling kids. I have this massive backlog. So we just came up with the game plan, like communicate with the couples. We, I said, I'm not going to edit until you finish all your photo weddings because you know, people photos care. are a lot more urgent. Like they, if they don't have their photos, like grandma's going to be asking, mom's going to be asking. Mm -hmm. People forget about the film sometimes. So, <laughs> so, so, um, so let's say like we filmed that first fall season wedding in, in October, let's say October 1st. I didn't even get to start editing that wedding until January or February of the next year. That first one in October. So I'm now I'm already like four or five months behind and I haven't even started yet just because she's been cranking out these edits for the photo side. I'm watching the kids. I'm doing homeschool. I'm doing all these things. We're all exhausted. It was really not fun, but we got through it and um, we're so thankful, you know, that we we do the things that we do with our communication with our couples, because if we had just booked any random people said, hey, I don't even know you. Here's a contract cool, I'll meet you on like two months before the wedding day. 
and we know that it, this happens because we have friends who, who booked 60 or so weddings that year and wow. they had to give so much money back and it just went, it was awful for them. So even with just the few weddings that we do take, even that was overwhelming for us. I can't, I can't imagine what, if you overbook yourself to that point, we would have been gone. It would have been bad. Case in point is become friends with your couples and they will be nice to you. <laughs> Actually be nice to people and they'll be nice to you. That's that's huge though because I, when I first started out, when I had my horrible name, Love Shot Productions, it's good, good old days. <laughs> uh, oh man, that was so bad. I didn't really become friends with couples and there was one couple who I missed their deadline by I think two weeks because just life happened. And they got so upset with me. They're like, oh, you know, we go to work. This is a job for you too. We can't miss deadlines at work. You know, when we have things due, they're due on the certain day. And they wrote me this long email. And then they sent me like eight pages of changes. It was a nightmare. And it was crazy. I've never had a couple like that since then, but it was because like, I didn't really know them. They didn't really know me. And if that were the case, I might have not even booked them because I would have found out all this stuff about them beforehand. So I think it's such a case where people think, oh man, if I charge more or if I start giving more to couples, I'm actually going to get less in terms of I'm not going to get as cool of couples or I'm not going to be able to do the type of art that I really love to do. But what I found, and as I'm sure you guys have found, as you charge more, and as you give more, it actually works as a filter to bring in those couples who really care about sharing themselves with you guys. And then by putting all that in, it makes your life so much better because if something does happen like a pandemic or a life situation, you can talk with them and say, hey, it's going to be a couple extra weeks or a month and they're okay with it. Or, or a year. Or a year. <laughs> or, or three, you know, like maybe when you guys have your first kid and they go to college, I'll give you the trailer. Yeah. The trailer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but that's key. I, I think, um, yeah, just care about your couples, put that effort in, it'll change everything. Well, guys, this was awesome. Is there anything you guys wanted to add in closing? Um, I think we about covered all everything. That was everything. That's everything I've ever known about everything, I think. <laughs> <laughs> That's all yeah. the information I have about weddings. Like, you, you know, right listen to this one podcast right. for whatever, an hour. You should be exactly like me at this point. So no. <laughs> everything. Yes. Yes. Everything. Limitless. Limitless. Yes. Literally. Don't forget that. <laughs> if all of I wasn't colorblind, man. <laughs> Achilles heel. That's, that's going to be the name of the podcast. It's just going to be limitless. There's not going to be like who the guests are. It's literally going to be just one word. Yeah. You'll probably get more clicks. They're like, Ooh, who was this? Who is, who? And then they'll be like, oh, Lotherco? Who is that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, before I go, it's... Okay. Lother. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yes. You got it right. I literally, for the last five minutes, I was like saying it in my head because I knew I was going to have to say it at the end, so... Lothar. I always tell people it's like Luther, but with an O. Okay, or like... So Lothar. Lothar. Or like loathe. Lo yeah. Lothar, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I'm like the last of my existence. It's, I'm the only one left, oh. other than like my, my dad and well, brothers. Well, that's a but. way to end things. Like, oh, my whole generational <laughs> line is just, I'm, I'm done. It's okay. We'll have more, though. We have three. Yeah, we, yeah, we, we, we need boys. We're going to continue. We're going to continue. Your dad well, okay. was really the one that was the last. He 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 put it into that. 
Yeah, my dad was the only child, so... We're good. There would be no more Lothers if not for Derek Lothar. But anyways. <laughs> he was a trailblazer, and you guys are now carrying <laughs> now on we're limitless. the family legacy. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> limitless. All right, you guys. Well, that wraps up today's episode with Lothar Co. Their Instagram will be in the show notes below, as well as their website. Definitely check them out. They are incredible, incredible people. And like I said at the beginning of this episode, our course, Craft 5K Wedding Films, which is the ultimate course to help you shoot and edit $5,000 plus story-based, stress-free, and cinematic wedding films is out. But it's only going to be out for the next few days. And this course is literally as close as I can get to a private mentorship with you on how to shoot and edit wedding films. So this is different from our course that came out a few months ago, which was The Profitable Filmmaker. That course was only about business, sales, marketing, design, SEO, ads, all those things like that. But this course is all about shooting, all about editing, all about storytelling, all about connecting with couples to get them to be authentic and real in front of the camera, no matter if they're a lovey-dovey couple or a more reserved couple. This is the course how to make more authentic, real, story-driven wedding films. So definitely check it out. It's only going to be open, like I said, for a few days, and the cart for this will only be open once a year. So you definitely want to grab it. I will be on live chat where I can answer any questions you might have. So click the link below to find out more about that course and definitely snag a spot inside. Can't wait to see you in there. There's also a mentorship component with it where I can just really walk alongside of you, making sure that you're growing in your business. Alrighty, guys. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode and I will see you in the next one.